You've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast, where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely. I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world, all 195 of them, while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers, chat with fascinating locals, and even take the show on the road from time to time. I'll also be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram at Lovely Travels. You can join our Facebook group, also called Lovely Travels, and learn more about us at the website, www.lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Lovely Travels podcast. I'm joined by my wonderful host, Emma. How are you, Emma? Hey, Darius. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm always well. Um, I'm actually still getting over my cold. Oh, Um, off, I guess. What have we got in store this week? Who did you speak to? I spoke to my beautiful friend, Anne-Marie de Crozel, who is an English woman living in Ibiza. That sounds fancy. What does is, what is, uh, she do in Ibiza? What did you talk to her about? Yeah, so she, um, she moved over there from the UK after a time in Australia. So we actually met in Australia uh, doing promo together and uh, when we were both in Melbourne and, you know, she had this vision and dream to – go back to the UK and start up sushi shops and um, I sort of did a bit of that, a little bit of that for a little bit, but uh, then decided to give it a go in Ibiza and it took off. So she runs the Ibiza kitchen over there and, um, yeah, her and her lovely partner Kit have been there ever since. That sounds delicious and nutritious. It is, and, like, it's so awesome what she's done. Like, she just has such a passion for food and for life and and for lifestyle. So the Ibiza Kitchen, it's, like, it's a space to learn about Ibiza and to understand the culture and its people through food. It's a place to help you live a healthier, happier life and to be entertained, to be educated and inspired. And I had the pleasure of staying with Amory twice and I felt very entertained uh, felt very uh, well cared for. We did workouts, so we did uh, lovely, like natural adventures, and ate delicious, delicious food that she made for me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just having a look on the Instagram, uh, the Ibiza Kitchen, and um, it does look look interesting and very wholesome. Yeah, so we talked about her life there, and I guess the, like the time, you know, what it's like to move to Ibiza and, mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of people think of, um, you know, as you said, Ibiza, Ibiza, said a few different ways, but the Spanish would say Ibiza. Um, and it's, yeah, people think of it as a party place and they just like, it's like raves and parties, but there's also this beautiful, natural, absolutely stunning island in, in the Mediterranean. So, um, you know, highly recommend it. And I went both times in winter and absolutely loved it. Super quiet, super chill. So um, hoping to get back ASAP. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to getting into this episode. Awesome. Let's have a listen. Let's do it. (laughs) So 
I'm really excited to have my lovely friend Anne-Marie here today. She's an English woman, but she's living in Ibiza. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, tell us in your words who you are. <laughs> uh, now I'm, I'm a chef and I work in Ibiza. So I've been here for seven years now, maybe eight, which is crazy. So we met each other, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, it's great. Incredible. Um, so yeah, so I've been here for seven years. I work as a chef, uh, health food retreat chef. I'm I'm trained sushi actually. We'll talk about that in a minute. But now I work as a private chef as well, working for families. Um, and I've got my two children here and my husband to be. So happy life. Yeah, <laughs> and I know your lovely husband Kit. Yeah, uh, he's a lovely guy. And so tell, let's chat a little bit about you know why an Australian girl knows an English girl living in Ibiza. How did how did we meet? Well, I went. We travelled. My husband, my husband. Well, we were very young. I think ten years younger than we are now, and we travelled the world before <laughs> we decided what we wanted to do with our life. Um, and by the end of the travels, it was all about food. So we decided we wanted to set up a sushi company based around actually the really good um, sushi culture in Melbourne. Melbourne's got yes. amazing, amazing food culture. Um, and we were blown away, really. We'd traveled quite a lot. We'd never really seen such a strong Asian culture as in Melbourne, which is quite quite funny. Um, so we, yeah. we decided to do that. So it took me quite a long time to, to get the basic skill set in. But then we set back to the UK. And and then set up the business there. So we were there for about a year and a half before moving to Ibiza. Um, I was asked to come here by an events company and work in their kitchen and on the sushi section. And it's all gone from there, really. So, yeah, we met 10 years ago and it was so much fun. I remember our traveling days with you, working in promotions. It was amazing times. I really do look back. Yeah. Fun. Um, it was awesome because we were both living in Melbourne and... Um, you know, it's funny, you gave me a card when you left and I think I still have that card. I'd put it on my wall and it was this beautiful, it was like sort of like, it's about like reaching for the stars or something, you know, like keep going for your dreams type thing. You know, this beautiful thing because we, we, we hung out for a bit but it was like you guys kind of, yeah, you'd found your groove quite quickly and then once you decided that's what you wanted to do, you were like, well, let, we just got to get back and start doing it. So it was like, oh, bye. <laughs> I oh, know. I think with the travels, it was it was the end of the travels. It always was. We had money saved, and we could either carry on traveling or go and set up the dream we wanted. And I think we made the right decision, to be honest. Um, although, yeah, travelled more. I, w- I didn't see enough of Australia. We've always said this. We didn't stay long enough. It's such a beautiful country. There's so much to see. Um, and hopefully, we'll go back one day and we'll come see you again. <laughs> yeah, bring the li- bring the little layers over, and we can go have some fun. Um, but yeah, no, and then. So you went back to England. Now, where are you from originally in England or where, where did you go back to? That's kind of the north of England. Um, but then my husband's from the middle of England, Lincolnshire. and that, But we've both lived in Leeds. I've lived in London. Um, but now we call Ibiza home and it does feel like home actually more than England, um, which is a strange thing to say. But it's always been a place we've come back to. But now it definitely is home. We've settled here with our children. We've got the, our, both our businesses here. Um, and we're really happy. It's a really nice place to be. But tell me, so you were in Ibiza, though, before that, and isn't that how you met? Yeah, we've been to Ibiza. I used to work here in entertainment when I was very young, maybe 18, 19, Um, and then I met Kit when I came back from England, and then I brought him back with me for another season, so we did two seasons here, and doing a season here when you're young is pretty wild. It's really fun. 
um, but wild. Um, lots of late nights, hardly any sleeping, lots of dancing, lots of parties. Um, I don't do that life now, unfortunately, but I did for a couple of years. <laughs> I haven't got time. Um, no, no um, but no, that's how we kind of fell in love with the island, I guess. And it is, it is a bit of a love place because it's quite polar, Ibiza. It's incredible most of the time or quite terrible. It's really high energy, um, very spiritual place, but a very strong energy. And you've got to you really fall in love with the place. Um, and that's where we are now. We're, we're here and we're really happy. And I can't imagine being anywhere else. It's uh, it's wonderful, and it's it's funny because, like you said, it's you've got those two polar opposite sides too, where you started out with that total party atmosphere. And I actually went to Ibiza when I was eighteen, and I did the proper, you know, like ten English girls yeah. went to Ibiza. You know, we're out in San Antonio every night doing amnesia and yeah. going to these clubs and yeah. drinking far too much cheap vodka and all that jazz, and just. Everything you've seen on the TV shows, it's that. Yeah. But I had the opportunity, I went on a bus one day, I was like, I want to see more, I want to see the culture. And people don't understand there is a culture in Ibiza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's such a San Antonio, it's such a tiny little place, yes. isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, 80, 90% of my life now is, I mean, I've never, to put it in perspective, I've not been to San Antonio in about five years. I mean, it's nothing to do with my life now. And the when you're a resident here, you don't really live that life. It's, that's just for tourists. And the life here you live, I live, is completely different. It's incredibly laid back, very active, very sporting, um, quite spiritual, very calm. Um, and it's incredibly beautiful, idyllic. I mean, I live right in the north in a place called San Vicente um, in the hills. And it's just beautiful. It really is. Every day I wake up and think, thank my lucky stars that I'm living here. Um yeah, and the people, everything. It's just super laid back, and everybody's. It's really tight community here. A lot of people are really well travelled, um, and they've all settled here because they love it. So we all have that kind of communal love for the place, which is amazing. And you do feel that. Like I got the bus over. I just took myself off, and they were the. Um, I don't know if they still do it, but they did the hippie market. Yeah, that's not- it was um, yeah. <laughs> so this big market. So yeah. I went to that. Yeah, and. Um, just saw a completely like the, even the bus ride you just saw that you know there's like daily life there yeah. and so the markets were over near Ibiza town and it was just so lovely and just a completely different vibe so I already had that little bit of a taste yeah and then I was very fortunate to come back and I've come to visit you twice right. actually yeah, yeah. um but our times were quite fun we did some nice things and we went paddleboarding with you that was nice yeah, it's probably one of the last times you're in San Antonio because we went over there to do it. <laughs> the last sunset I saw in San Antonio was with you. <laughs> I've got a photo, guys. I'll share it. Some <laughs> really nice. Out there in the north, you can see the sunset in a few places, um, and along and in different places in the south. So I have been to a few sunsets, but not just not in San Antonio. Um, so yeah, I just find it very fulfilling living here. Um, on a daily basis but it's been it's been quite weird this year obviously with the COVID thing um, most of my I'd say 80% of my work's been cancelled up till now I've had a few things but tourism mm. here has been really I mean deeply affected clubs not open um, so anybody who works in the nightlife industry is jobless um, bars hardly you know okay they're doing okay but the, it's it's as busy as it would be in April and July. Um, so there's the beach. Mm. It's quite nice for me, actually. Um, 
but tur- tourism's low and it is a worry because a lot of people do rely solely on a, on a, a summer tourism so they need to work April to October and then money for the whole year and when there's no one here they're going to really struggle in the winter um, so yeah. it's, it's, it's quite a weird vibe but to be honest it's been really nice for me because we've had this magic of having this beautiful island to ourselves in summer which has never happened in many years since the 60s so we've had this mm. hippie life where we're wandering around this beautiful island, having it, all the beaches are clear, having picnics on the beach with our friends. It's just been magic for us, but not really in a monetary sense. But I don't think we'll ever experience a summer like this again. So it's been quite unique. Yeah, yeah that's just been something nice and special for people. You know, they have had that. Yeah. Um, that quiet and seeing the area in a different way but and and kit can you tell us what he does for work well, now he's, a, he's a he was a trained architect so he helped me set up my sushi business and he worked with me for a few years actually and then one time set up he was he then went on because his passion's always been architecture he trained as a technical architect in leeds um so he now runs an architect's practice um, so whilst i've been raising the children from young He's set up his business now. He's got three staff um, and a business in the centre of Central Alia. So he's got his own office. He's doing really well. Um, and he works with clients all over the world. They don't really have a budget. So he's got a really nice job, you know, clients who just want to build their dreams. <laughs> um, so they'll come with a concept and he'll build build it from scratch, 3D models. Um, and it's really nice. It's, a, it's an incredible job for him um, to have clients of such caliber with such open budgets um in such a beautiful place um so i've seen some of the projects he's worked on you know we've had running um, mountain slides down the mountains um underground clubhouses club room wow. just in yeah amazing acres and acres of land just to build green houses so because is there still a lot of space on the island no so at the moment there isn't you can't build new houses right now because there's quite a strict limitation from the government but people are buying the old houses and the land and renovating so that's how it's been done. Uh, so he's working on big renovation projects for clients so that's how it is at the moment no there isn't much space now um and the the government have put quite a cap on it because people at one point it was just insane the amount of regeneration mm. and new buildings and there has to be a limit because then the beauty starts being interrupted by tons of you know gray buildings and um, apartments so it has to be a limit so I'm happy that it's that way I remember when I was there he was working on something and seeing some of the sketches and stuff it was just beautiful very lovely like modern but like you know you're both very in touch with the land so I know that he was he's quite aware of you know that making it look part of it not you know yeah like not sticking out like a sore thumb exactly. respecting the land and the history of the of the place and the land we've just bought we bought a half an old finger it hadn't been lived in since 1958 so we bought what yes yeah, so it's old old so we opened the door and it was like a museum for how uh, Iberthenk and Umpias used to live so we had this old pantry with all the old plates on the wall there was no running water there was a well outside there was no real kitchen it was just dirt floors with a basin and then things hanging on the wall um yeah it was incredible so we just basically stripped everything out we kept all the old structure and everything in it and just modernized the interior and it's amazing it feels like we're living in an old house 50 years ago Oh, my God. And so is that sort of like a typical style of house? You said a finca? A finca, they're called, yeah. So a finca is like an old farmhouse. Um, so it's in the middle of um, San Vicente. It's got a couple of acres around it. But on the t- it's got 
quite steep terracing, which is quite normal for here because there's a lot of hills. Um, there's big Sabina, old um, Sabina roofing, um, which is quite typical. The big thick white walls. Um, it's just, yeah, and small doorways. I think the Pius must have been small because everything's quite sm- <laughs> quite small from <laughs> your standards of buildings. But um, it's very beautiful, incredibly simple, very simplistic. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And are you going to build like um, have sort of like farm? Okay, what's the land like? There, can you eventually grow things? We're going to. We've started a food garden already, um, so we grow most. We do grow most things. Not. I don't have to stop buying in supermarkets yet, but it's reduced it considerably. So we have our own. Um, we're going to extend that um, once we get. We're building a well next year. Once we've got that, we can start irrigation for farm fruit trees. Um, we want to use the land next year for the wedding, then we're going to utilise it for food and farming. So we want to be as, as, as sustainable eventually, like fully sustainable off grid. That's our that's our dream. So we can live our you know in case life without need for anything else out of our our land. Oh, how wonderful! And wonderful for the children too to be like you know so hands on. And I know you you're running recently um, like a kids cooking class workshop. Yeah, so in the in the winter time, so in the summer I have clients. So we, you know, I'm busy with um, catering for families or you know private parties, retreats. Um, I do a lot of photo shoots. So in the winter, you know, by October, November, that's kind of tailed off, and there's no one really coming like that. So I've set up um, a little cookery school, and the residents here. I've, I teach adults, but mainly children. A lot of the mums and dads who want something for their kids to do. Um, so I teach from five, well, no, from three or four, actually, as the youngest, to about 11, um, and then a teenage one. Um, and, yeah, we do all sorts. I teach them how basic cooking, different recipes, and they love it. I mean, teaching children is so much fun. They're amazing to teach. Adults are usually quite reserved. They want to make sure they're doing the right thing. They overthink everything. But children, they just get really stuck in. There's no, there's no holding back. They don't overthink anything, and they're actually really good. I can get a child of four or five rolling a sushi roll, you know, easy peasy. The child- probably, be- probably better than me, to be fair. Probably <laughs> <laughs> better than most adults. Um, but no, I mean, you know, children are amazing. Their, their little brains are, my son's learning Catalan, Spanish and English with ease. He's four and he's just really, you know, they just, it just soaks in. Um, I struggle. I'm seven years in and I, I can basic flu, you know, basic conversational Spanish, but I'm nowhere near as good as him. His language, his accent is incredible. <laughs> so I was going to ask actually because I remember when I came, you know, because I'm hablo poquito español. So uh, and you were in the shop, and I was like chatting away, and you were like, "What? <laughs> oh, you speak Spanish? Where are speaking Spanish? But well, no, you're <laughs> speaking more definitely speaking more than us. I remember we went to a market. I think you were chatting away yeah. to the market holder. I thought this is embarrassing. I mean, I <laughs> speak Spanish by now. Uh, but I think better. since the kids have been in school, you know, we have to Spanish, so you just have to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, all my clients are English, so I could, you know, I got away with because I'm quite shy. If I can't do something perfectly, um, I don't like it. Whereas Kit's really good, he'll just spangle, you know, spang- Spanglish all the way and just bumble his way through things. And he's learned actually a lot more than me. Whereas I'm really, oh, great. wait till I can say it perfectly before I, and that takes a lot longer. That's oh, so cool that the kids are going to be bilingual, though. That's... Yeah, no, trilingual. Well, they they because they're here there's uh, Spanish, which is spoken obviously all over Spain, but the local language is Catalan, which is along the Barcelona coast or Catalonia, yeah, and the Balearics. So that's a completely different language. That's 
it's more Italian and French mixed together rather than Spanish. Mm. Um, and it's it's completely different in, in a lot of ways. So he's learning that too. So he's got he's throwing it all my way. So he comes in and he's chatting away and I'm like, I have no idea sometimes what he's saying. <laughs> like, oh. It's really it's quite confusing. You know, homework's coming in and it's in Catalan, so it's all about translation and understanding. And it's good for everybody to learn. It's really good for your brain, I think, to, to have that level of speaking different languages. I'm sure you know that because you... How many languages do you speak now? Uh, no, it's just uh, Spanish is the main one, but I pick up, you know, bits and bobs like Hindi and Nepali. And I think once you once you do start to work that muscle, and it's always been that time in the country. So for me, you know, it was time in Mexico, it was time in Spain that helped. So, yeah. um, and it's funny, the last uh, the episode we released this week, and this will probably be separate but um I just had my friend Pedro from Barcelona and he was uh we were talking about the whole Catalan thing so it's very funny that your son is now well you I'm sure your daughter will too but <laughs> yeah, listen but she says hello and goodbye and stuff in Spanish but not not talking Spanish yet oh my god that'd be so cute but I, yeah I must say when I the reason I came one trip it might have even been the first time was that you put up on Facebook I'd, I'd just found out that I was meant to be flying to England. My grandmother was supposed to be picking me up from the airport, but she'd like double booked and was like going away for the weekend. It's like, oh, you could stay with your auntie or something. And I was just in a real like, are you serious? Like I'm flying to England and you just forgot. And you posted that you were running a sushi class yeah. on Facebook. And I wrote underneath and I was like, maybe I'll come and do that. <laughs> you were like, you should. And then a private message you, I'm like, no, seriously, maybe I should just come to Ibiza. And, and so I flew somewhere somewhere to London. I must have gone Dubai, London. Straight out of London I went to Madrid. I spent the night in Madrid and then I flew in to Ibiza. Yeah. And I remember having a nap because <laughs> I'd travelled for like 60 hours and I, I did sleep in Madrid but I was still a bit out of it. And I had a nap. And I remember waking up in that room that was in that you you were renting a little house, and I was like, you came into the room, and I was like, I'm like, I just took me a minute. I've never been that whacked out of it. I was like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Not sure who you are. <laughs> I just like you were just like Emma, come on, why am I here? <laughs> and then you cooked me amazing food, so um, it was yeah, very good. So I didn't have to learn anything. I, I, th- I think you did do one night. You were like, let's do it together, and I'm like. You could do it because <laughs> you just make amazing, healthy, yummy food. No, I know. I think you were there. Was that was that the time when we did that private? It was a it was a um a proposal. A proposal. Beach. Yeah, and you were there. So, and that was amazing. It was on a little Estonian beach, um, and you helped me set it up. That was magic. I still speak to the people who we did that for. You know, they keep they message me because they come back every year um, to the point where they got engaged and they have a holiday, and they always say hello. We're here again. Thank you, and because it's creating memories like that for people, it's so amazing and long-lasting, especially when you keep in touch with them. Um, I do remember that it was absolutely beautiful, and the setting, and we snuck out just before they came, and I was like, "Oh, it's just going to be." And you've made all this beautiful food, and uh, and the sky was just perfect because I came. That was like November or December, and so both the trips I came. 
around I think November December which is the weather's lovely it's kind of like the Gold Coast yeah 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 it's actually nicer in uh, up until February March gets a bit windy and rainy but so nice in November when everybody's gone and you've had this really hard season the weather's still incredible you're just like and the island's quiet again so it goes from completely crazy manic to really serene and it's that balance it's it's nice to have both actually um it's a yin and yang yeah it fits both sides of your personality so you can have a bit of a wild time and then you can calm down again um but no it's just it's very incredibly calming you can just go to a beach and sit down and put your feet in the sand and everything's balanced again and that's what I love about living here whatever's going on you just go near the water and everything's calm um and there's so many places that people would never even know about like we went on the I think it's like a Wednesday night we went to the drummer's circles yeah and there's all sorts of, there's a little things like that in the culture it's just it's not like a really showy culture Ibiza it's just quite magic and secretive so you just have to go and find what's going on and you have to know and go and find out and go to little parties and go to the dinner parties in the campo and um it's just magic everything about it's magic I still I still very much in love with the place seven years later I love that and you um the next time we came because we were at the other house then um we went for the day just with uh you know down to there was like a little you know so many places everybody thinks oh I want to go to that beach bar and I want to go to that, that the day club but we were just on a little beach and there was a little bar and there was cool tunes playing and it was just super chill and yeah people who all these locals who I guess just don't work in the day or whatever <laughs> so just everyone's just hanging out it's, it's a half and half place here I think it's become an incredibly wealthy place it's one of the now where you know um, prices have rocketed so it has brought a level of back in the 60s it was just hippies you know and now it's not like that it's people that have really got a lot of money so there's people like me who have to work and then there's half <laughs> of the of the island that don't work and they don't they don't have to work so it's fine so it's kind of, the kind of duality of that. So some, you know, I've got some friends that don't work, and it's great, and they're having a nice life. But you know, me who love working and have my business, um, but we all live together quite happily. But yeah, the the culture changed. So there's a lot of people here now that don't really have to work, which is nice for them. <laughs> but, yeah. And how do your family feel? So your family. I mean, look, England. It feels it feels far away, but it's not England yeah. to Ibiza. Yeah. It's not. It's only two hours away. And um, last week, actually, we went and met family in France. This is the COVID thing. It's been quite weird travelling recently. So we didn't really want to get on a plane much. So we drove to France. And we, uh, my relatives or our family drove from France to uh, from England to France. We met in the middle. Um, so we do always meet up wherever we can. Um, yeah, four or five times a year they come here. We go there. Um, it's it's only two hours on a flight. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah, and they're pre- it's pretty reasonable when it's not in the. I mean, even even in the peak season, it's not terrible. Like I, when I came over for our, you know, girls' weekend, yeah, you know, I was young and it was still. I mean, it's affordable because, like, otherwise, why would all these young, you know, English people be coming over? Yeah, no, it's affordable. It's not. It's not. I mean, there is, but you can do it on a budget. You don't have to blow lots of money. Um, and no, it is. I mean, in April and and September, it's really cheap flights. I mean, July and August is a bit more expensive, but to be honest, if I was to tell anybody to come to the island, I would say don't come in July and August, you know, come in every day. Yeah. Peak season is not always the best, I don't think. It's too hot and too busy. Um, but no, it's affordable. It's a really nice place to come and, and hang out, especially if you're sporting. Lots of hiking and, 
and biking and sailing and there's all sorts going on like that. Um, and then again, a lot of people don't understand that about the island. I think they just see the whole party club scene and, and negate anything else. And how long did it take your family and friends to kind of accept that you were kind of in Ibiza for good? Some have been more accepting than others. So um, that's a really difficult question because two sides of the family. See, a lot of my friends and their families, they're really well-traveled. So when they come here, they're like, oh, yeah, right, they're living abroad, whatever, you know, they're happy. But then it's not always like that. Some family traditional when they've always lived in the same place and no one's moved anywhere, it's, it doesn't always sit very well. So I think that's been a growing a growing factor for our family and some of the family members and being here. And I think now it's okay because we're here and we're happy and we've settled and we've got our children and we've got a house and, you know, um, now it's life and, and it's fine. But I don't think it's always been like that. And it does take a long time sometimes to, to accept the change, I guess. For me, I mean, I sort of, I thought it, I'd just... When I came to see you, I was like, "Oh, you're here for good." Yeah, and you were—you hadn't been there very long at that time. Maybe, maybe it's the first year or so. But it was like, "Oh, yeah, this works." Yeah, and the way you were talking and stuff, and then this—you know—the second time for sure, you were just set. So that's—I mean, obviously, I'm not as you know close. I hadn't seen you before. I hadn't seen you before you were a traveler. <laughs> it was a bit different, yeah. but. I totally understand. We get the same, you know. We only live in the Gold Coast, but people go, "Oh, when you come back to Sydney," and I'm just like, "Not, you know. If anything, we might end up somewhere else." But you know, this is home. Yeah, this is our, and this is where that's what that's. I think when you travel a lot, you when you find a place that you find you want to be your home, and you feel it, you know it, don't you? And you're there, and you're like, "This is my home. This is where I want to be." And you're settled in your mind. It's just about everybody else equating to that change and trying to understand you really rather than make you want to live the old life where you were before because it makes them feel comfortable, which is a difficult thing to deal with. And you said before, like, you know, you 100%, I believe that you'll come to Australia and have, you know, a big trip with kids and that doesn't mean you're never going to travel again. Like when I say we're quite grounded here and we we the same, we want to buy a house with land and love to have, you know, a garden and stuff and animals and all that, that's sort of a five-year plan. But that doesn't mean that we'll never go anywhere again. But it's like we just longer term see this as the base yeah. and yeah. see this as where the life will be built from. Yeah. And then if we get taken to other places in between or want to visit other places, that's fine. But, yeah, it, you do get that sort of going, oh, yeah, we just feel very grounded. And yeah, and it's the, it just feels like the right place. And I think like you said with the travel thing, once you start, when you've travelled and you've got that travel bug, especially when I'm waiting now for the children to be old enough. I mean, we go to France and whatnot, but when they get older, I want to take them around the world. I want to show them all the amazing, because we've seen some incredible things traveling and I want them to be able to see that too, because it changes your mindset of everything, doesn't it? When you travel, the way you view yourself, the way you view your world, the way that you shows what you want to do in life, the people you hang around with, everything changes and it gives you that greater mindset. And I think everybody should experience it. So hopefully I can give it to my children. And show them and having this yeah the relationships you know we do like you be you know even though we met we're in a place that we were living you know you sort of connect on that deeper level and I mean you know I've seen you twice in the past six years but you know we jumped on here and it's normal and you know I very much hope that I'll be coming to your wedding and you know I hope that you can come back to mine <laughs> so um you know all those sorts of things and because you have that instant deeper connection if you get it yeah 
absolutely. With, that's what traveling's all about. You get to meet mindful, mindful people just like you anywhere around the world, and it connects you with so many cool people. And it's been such a nice experience. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely excited about taking the children around the world and showing them Australia for sure. They definitely have to go see Melbourne. Um, yeah, you're home. You, I'm excited already. <laughs> and I was so like. You weren't into food because you were so you were in the entertainment industry. Yes. And then you know, what were you doing in the UK before you went travelling? Like because you just I it was there. not food at all. No, I did business. So I've always wanted to work in a business. So I worked in business. I, I I studied business management at university. That was that was my degree. And I always what I was always interested in food. Um, but it wasn't really I didn't really know how to get into it at the time. I just knew I wanted to run a business. So that's the only thing I really wanted to do at university. And it was relatively, um, uh, I, I was really good at exams. So, university was always the par. And I think with most chefs, when they start, they tend to work in kitchens. A lot of chefs, not now, most of them, but a lot of chefs take start out after school. They don't really take on a college or an education career and they go to co- catering college from 16. And I didn't really take that route at all. So, and it was something I was always passionate about, but never really had the chance to fulfill. So when we went traveling... I left my job. Um, I worked in research and advertising. I left that job behind, which was actually really good for creating a business because I learned how to market and advertise a business, which was mm. actually. Um, and I left that behind. And then it was the traveling that really gave me that stop break to really think, okay, how do I do this now? And that's where it gave me the inspiration to start in doing in the path I really wanted to be doing and where I wanted to be. Um and it was, it was sitting in Melbourne on a, on a bankment outside a sushi shop and Kit and I were like, okay, we're going home. This is what we want to do. And having that discussion, you would never, that wouldn't have happened at all. If we were still in the UK, I'd have been stuck in the machine, the cycle of whatever it was doing. Mm. It would never have happened. It was all due to traveling and having that time and that break to really reassess life and move into an area I wanted to be. Um, and it just started from there that, that having that creative time to be able to think okay this is what I want to do how am I going to achieve it how do I roll it out and we just planned it out and went back to at least and just did it and it worked yeah yeah <laughs> it's so awesome that as well Kit was so on board and I mean he's a beautiful man anyway but just so on board and that he was willing to sort of invest in that dream and then has gone on to you know and you had to work hard at it for a few years and then he's gone on to do what he wanted to do anyway I think for him he was having before we left to go uh, after traveling he he was in a job he's working for a company wasn't really that invested in so I think for him to work in food at that time was really good it gave him that break but it also made him realize how much he was passionate about architecture so when he came here set up is like I feel like something you know you feel like something's missing he's like no I have to go back Mm. to it I have to go back to what I'm you know what I'm doing and that was a really good I mean god thank god now because when I had the children (laughs) I stopped working for a little bit so with him working in his own career it's actually all worked out really well it's worked out very well actually for all of us including the children that's having a partnership too and you both you know being willing to go okay it's your time yeah I'm here for you now it's my time and especially when you when you're traveling, but also when you're starting out, and you know that thing of moving to a new place together, it's just you two, isn't it? Yes, it is. And you've got to make it. You've got to do it. Well, you've got to, and that's a thing here as well, more than anywhere in Ibiza. It's it's an amazing place if you succeed. If you've got to be very strong willed, really confident, um, and really good at what you do, because if you don't and you fail, you go home. There's no there's no help. There's no assistance. There's no backup. 
So it is quite a harsh place to actually start out. We're settled now, but it takes a good few years to even get on the ladder to be able to feel safe here. Um, I suppose like anywhere else, when you've not got that family support, especially when you're raising children, you've got to be a good couple. It's either it's a make or break situation. <laughs> and we're still here and we're getting married, so it made us. <laughs> But also, you're fabulous networkers, and I just, yeah. you know, I just couldn't believe it when I came to see. I mean, I, I should have believed it. You know, we met that way, but just, yeah. you know, you like working yeah, no. on yachts and, you know, setting up these yeah. things, and you knew this person and that person, and that, you know, it's the whole what it's who you know, as yeah. well. And now we, I think that you have to create your own mini family here as well. Like now we've got a really good support network of friends. Um, you know, when you've got children, you need that support network. You can't just work on your own. You have to have the whole village around you to help you. Because um, it's quite, a, you'll find that, yeah, it's, it's quite a tough um, environment um, when, you, when you're just starting out with a family. But when we had this community of other mums and families, it's been, it's been actually really nice. It's been, we've created a little family network in Ibiza to support our, to support our needs and everybody's really happy, which is for the most part anyway. Um, and it's it's a real blessing actually lots of really nice people just like us all living together in our own little dreams and helping each other out love that yeah. and you said before though something you said I thank my lucky stars you know so often that I get to live here but I must say you know some people call say to me a lot of the time with my travel and stuff that I'm so lucky that I get to travel but I always turn around and say I'm, I'm fortunate and you know, I say you're very fortunate, but you've also you made this. Yeah, you made that plan. You worked at it. You made the decisions. You have like you have made this path for yourself and this life for yourself. And I, I just, I you bring I brings me so much joy. And I love that I've been there and seen it too because I just look at your photos and I just think, yes, this is their life that they've made. Yeah, so, well done like to you. Well, thank you. It does feel like that. I know we we feel. I mean, every. I think it's not just luck. No, it's it's work, dedication, and and bravery. More than anything, bravery. I remember the first day that I landed here, and I was going to the job in Cardamon events, and I got off the plane. It was eleven o'clock at night. I picked up my cart, and I was physically shaking because I was so scared. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I didn't know how I was going to get on. I didn't know what my flat was going to be like. And I just left everything behind. Even Kit, I came on my own for eight, six or eight weeks to make sure it was okay before he moved the whole life over. And I was I was physically shaking. It was one of the scariest times of my life. And I thought, no, I can do this. And it took a lot of courage, actually, just to jump into this new world of not knowing anything and make it work. It was It was terrifying, but amazing. It was the best decision I've ever made. I love it. It's so brilliant. And look, you said a few things throughout, but um, if people are to come to visit Ibiza, like, you know, so top tips are don't come in July and August unless you're a mad raver. Um, fine, but um, speak to me. Come say hello. <laughs> if any of your friends, only anybody you know through your podcast, definitely just hook up with me and I can try and find a nice place for you to stay. Um, and just try and try and forget about the club. I mean, obviously go to a bar or a club or whatever, but try and make that only 10% of the reason why you come here and try and venture away from the club scene and see the actual island because it's incredible and it'll blow you away. Um, there's so many magical things you can do. Um, but yeah, come to me and I'll give you some top tips of when, when, whatever time of year it is, what markets to go to, what things are going on, you know, I don't know, open air cinemas beach parties not no well, there's not many of them now with covid but there was <laughs> um, yeah 
Um, but yeah, um, just anything you want to do, any interest you have, I can I'll probably help hook up in that area. But yeah, and you helped my friend with her wedding. Yeah. You helped M, didn't you? <laughs> so it's it's funny because it's such a small place, and you know you get to know everybody and what everybody's doing, and all the people in the right areas to do what jobs. So um, quite connected. So very happy for any of your listeners if they're coming to be to say hello, and I'll help them out. No, you would. You'd be amazing. So thank you so much. I just, as I said, I'm so happy, genuinely, genuinely. uh, It's it's called like passive joy or something like that. Like I feel genuinely happy when I see all of your images and I, you know, you know, and talk to you um, that you guys have done this life and doing this life. And um, yeah, it's very cool. And I wanted listeners to hear, you know, there's just um yeah, travel can look different and, and life in different countries can look different. So No, it's, um, I can't wait to see you again. Hopefully it'll be soon, sooner rather than later. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> Thank you for today. And, uh, yeah, on to the next one. <laughs> hey, thanks, Emma. That was a great episode. What a great chat. Yes, oh, it was such a joy talking to Emery, and it just brought back so many lovely memories. And it's um, it's going to be so amazing when we get to reconnect. Hundred uh, percent. You're invited, Darius. We'll go to Ibiza Ooh. together and rave. Um, well, a bit of rave, a bit of rave, bit Sweet. of bit of chill. Yeah, Can finally show you my dance moves. And <laughs> uh, thank God, this is a podcast. okay but seriously where can i get some more information about the ibiza kitchen yeah look uh emery is super um helpful and welcomes guests so she's definitely somebody a contact to have if you're going there so head to the ibiza kitchen.eu that's her website on facebook it's facebook.com slash the ibiza kitchen um ibiza is spelled i-b-i-z-a uh, you can also find them on Instagram, the Ibiza Kitchen, and honestly, do email Anne-Marie if you're planning to go over. She has helped a number of my friends, including one of my friends, Emiliana, with her wedding planning. Uh, she knows so many things about the island. So info at theibithakitchen.eu. Fantastic. And what about if people want to contact us, Emma? Well, there you go. It's pretty easy. Just uh, Google Lovely Travels, L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Double L means double the life. So find us on Instagram, Lovely Travels, Facebook group, Lovely Travels, website, you guessed it, lovelytravels.com. Lovelytravels.com. And please email us because we absolutely love it, info at lovelytravels.com. That's right. This week's first email will win a complimentary Shout out. Yeah, we can promise on shout outs. We can't promise on other things. Not yet. Was, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Until we get all the giveaways and the freebies. Also, free hummus if you come to either of our houses. <laughs> we love hummus. Okay, let's let these people go. Thanks, right. everyone. See you next time. Bye.